Good morning, everyone. We are back over on the All Pro Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Mark Hogan. I am your host. Find me over at, at DFS underscore Marlin. All of my exclusive content over at fantasyguru.com. Appreciate everyone joining in here today. Riding solo here for, for this week. Uh, a little bit of a scheduling mishap on my part, so do apologize. Have a wedding this weekend, and man, these weddings, they make it tough. So I'm hoping eventually at some point things can kind of chill out and, and cool down on that front, and we can just get to get down to just sticking to football here on the weekend. So we've got a jam-packed episode here for week five, so it is October 6th, Friday morning at 6.53 a.m. Really fun Thursday night football game uh, last night. Interesting interesting outcomes here. Um, nothing overly too surprising, I would say. Um, you know, I think maybe some people were surprised by the Bears winning this game, but... Um, I actually posted publicly, I uh, like the bears plus six in this game. Uh, felt like they started to turn a corner, uh, last week, despite the loss and the commanders seem like a team that plays down to, or plays really just to the level of competition. They play down to the bad teams and play up to the better ones. I think we saw that on full display here. Uh, last night, although not not terribly bad across the board, just a horrible start here for Washington. So, thought Sam Howell at the end of the day looks pretty good. Encouraging to see Brian Robinson continue to be involved in the passing game that really raises his floor from a fantasy standpoint. And uh, DJ Moore going off, so he was due. Uh, that was a big game here for him to have a nice productive three touchdowns and over 200 230 total receiving yards uh, quite a performance from DJ Moore but we'll dive into the episode here for today uh, we're gonna go into the injury report right away gonna try and be as efficient as possible here with our time uh, from there I'll go into my game by game spreads uh, over unders and who I'm picking on that front. Uh, we'll talk a little, uh, maybe player props here, DFS, and then get uh, be on our way. So uh, let's dive right in. We're going to take a look at the NFL injury report. So we'll go right into the very first game. We have the Jags at the Bills. They're going to play at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. We got... Jamal Agnew and Zay Jones are both cropping up as questionable. Both limited participants in practice, so sounds like they'll probably both play. Parker Washington, not that big of a deal. He's likely not going to play. Not that he's really involved. On the Bills' side, we're pretty healthy. Dawson Knox logged limited practice, but overall looks like he's going to play and no other issues for them. We have the Texans and the Falcons. John Mechie. He did not practice on Thursday. 
due to an illness. Again, not that big of a deal. On the Falcons side, Josh Ali, he was placed on injured reserve, so just a little bit thinner at that wide receiver position for the Falcons. The next game, the Panthers at the Lions in Detroit. Um, Keep an eye on Miles Sanders. Looks like he should be good to go with logged limited practice yesterday uh, with that groin injury. On the Lions side, Josh Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown, they are both questionable. A Brown said Thursday that his goal remains to play this Sunday against the Panthers despite having sat out the Lions' first two Week 5 practices. So, um, do need to keep an eye on Amon Ross St. Brown. Josh Reynolds looks like he has a little bit of a better chance of playing. He logged a limited practice on Thursday. Uh, if Amon Ra is out... Uh, those Detroit receivers, especially particularly Josh Reynolds, uh, could be some interesting plays here. Nice value options, uh, maybe in DFS or um, even in, in, in deep season-long leagues, I would say. Uh, for the Titans and the Colts, Jonathan Taylor is the big piece of news here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor said he believed it had been over 290 days since he last stepped on the field for play or practice, noting his number one goal is to attack this first practice. While the Colts have not formally indicated whether or not Taylor will play on Sunday, back-to-back full practices Thursday and Friday would point in the right direction. That is an immediate quote from ESPN and Stefania Bell. So we'll see. I mean, I think he is trending towards playing. He rejoined practice on Thursday. He was present for Wednesday's walkthrough. But we'll see if they designate him for return. I would imagine they would need to designate him either today or or tomorrow. So got to keep an eye on Jonathan Taylor. That will have a big impact on that game. Uh, on the Titans side of things, Traylon Burks, he did not practice on Thursday. He is trending in the wrong direction. Kyle Phillips was a full participant in practice. Um, he is good to go. Not that he's really significant. Um, again, Jonathan Taylor it was a full participant in practice on Thursday. Uh, the Giants and the Dolphins. Gary Brightwell, questionable. Saquon Barkley, questionable. So if for some reason both of those two are out, we're looking at Matt Breida uh, and a heavy dosage against a Miami Dolphins defense um, that has certainly seeded a lot of uh, points here uh, across the course of this year. Um, Giants offense is pretty rough, though, so hard to really buy into that. Wondell Robinson, he is showing up on the injury report, but he did log a limited practice on Thursday. Uh, on the Dolphins side of things, uh, still no Jeff Wilson, and River Craycraft was placed on the IR. <clears throat> Saints in the Patriots, Derek Carr, limited capacity on Thursday. Looks like he is trending towards playing. Juwan Johnson did not practice Thursday, so we could be out with Juwan Johnson. 
Ronde Stevenson's on the injury report, but sounds like he should be good to go. On the Ravens and the Steelers game, Justice Hill and Odell are both on the injury report, but both log limited practices Thursday. Keaton Mitchell, who's on the IR, he practiced Wednesday. So he might have a chance of coming back. He is a deep deep sleeper ad that I would look at for deep leagues. I think um, this kid is he he's he's got some juice here and I think uh, I think the expectation is that he jumps Melvin Gordon on the on the depth chart at the very least and given how this Ravens backfield is playing out, I would not be surprised if we see a significant role for Keaton Mitchell by the end of the season. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, he is doubtful for the Steelers. Uh, Eagles and the Rams. Probably no Britton Covey for the Eagles, not a big deal. Uh, for the Rams, Ben Skoranek logged a limited practice. And Kyron Williams... Rams head coach Sean McVay said that Williams won't participate in Wednesday's practice, but the absence is more so precautionary, and they expect him to play against the Eagles. Uh, Update on Cooper Cup. He was listed as a limited participant on Wednesday's practice, but I believe there was a clip of Sean McVay saying, yeah, he was limited, but he was actually a full go. So we could, even though at the beginning of the week, uh, we were trending in the wrong direction for Cooper Cup, and it sounded like we were kind of working our way up uh, to a week uh, six return. It sounds like the opportunity is open for Cooper Cup to come back this week as well. So you we have to keep an eye on that, especially because that will likely impact Puka Nakua's production. Bengals and the Cardinals. T. Higgins still has not practiced this week. And Charlie Jones was placed on the IR with a thumb injury, so he could be thin at receiver and could have a nice boost for Tyler Boyd. On the Cardinals side of things, um, we're pretty healthy. Keontae Ingram, he logged a limited practice, but sounds like he'll be good to go. The Jets and the Broncos at 425, we've got um, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think is coming back. You know, all the hype about him potentially coming back is out there, but I don't Really understand that. Uh, Javante, he returned to practice on Thursday, so that's good news for him. Chiefs at the Vikings. Really nothing. So clean bill of injury news here for the Chiefs and the Vikings. Cowboys and the 49ers. Peyton Hendershot did not practice Thursday. And on the 49ers side of things, got a few limited participants. Eli, Eli Mitchell, Jawan Jennings, all practicing in a limited capacity. Debo, he was limited on Wednesday as well. No updates on yesterday here. I'm sure we could find that, but it sounds like probably none of those uh, practice reports have changed. It sounds like they're staying pretty consistent. The Packers and the Raiders, Luke Musgrave, he practiced in full Thursday, so he should be good to go coming off of that concussion. Christian Watson is listed as questionable, Aaron Jones as well. But it sounds like we expect both of those two to play here. The Raiders, 
Devontae Adams did not practice Thursday, so we got to keep a close eye on that. A good shot that he could potentially miss here this week. And that is all that I have here for the injury report in the NFL for week five. So let's go ahead and we're going to dive into our game-by-game spreads, over-unders here. So the let's pull this up here. Come on now. There we go. All right, first game, we got that London game at 9.30. We got the Jaguars and the Bills. So, Bills seem like they finally got back on track last week, and the Jaguars uh, held the fort down here. So, um, Jaguars played in Europe last week. I'm very... I have not been able to find whether or not they traveled back or not. I would imagine they stayed in Europe, but... Could be wrong on that. Um, I think that's worth looking up because the amount of travel that would require to go back and forth would, I think, put them at a disadvantage, but put them at an advantage if they did not have to travel. So I'm very curious on that front uh, what the case was. But uh, generally speaking, I like the Bills in this game. I think this is a pretty good line. The Bills are minus 5.5 quote-unquote home favorites. Uh, with a total uh, spread of 48.5 points. I do not like the total. Uh, I think that with the Bills traveling, they could come out a little sluggish. I don't think the Jaguars' offense is firing on all cylinders by any means, so give me the under on the Jags and the Bills. And sorry, I'm going to be typing away with my picks to make sure that I record them throughout this. And then the spread, I will go ahead and I will take the Bills minus five and a half. I think that they can certainly cover that even in a lower scoring game. Um, Do like the concept of playing James Cook here for this game. Uh, the Jaguars have not given up a whole lot of rushing yards on the season. I think they're the, I want to say they're roughly the eighth best team against the run. But I do think that James Cook can still have a nice game, especially in maybe a check down capacity. On the Jaguars front, I uh, believe Tredavious White is out. Uh, that is an injury that didn't show up on the injury report, but he looked like he got hurt pretty bad in that game. So I would not be surprised if he's not playing. If that's the case, you know, we have to give more consideration to Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley. Um, I do think Calvin Ridley is due for a game here. So, 
Um, really like Calvin Ridley as a as a decent fantasy option here for this week. Um, particularly from a showdown perspective. Go ahead and move on to the Giants and the Dolphins. So this is one of the largest uh, point spreads of the week. The Dolphins are minus 12.5 point home favorites against the Giants with an implied total of 47.5 points. Uh, So I'll go ahead and just, uh, I'll take the over. I think that uh, the uh, Giants can, you know, if we're talking about an expected game script, Dolphins go ahead. The Giants are coming from behind and putting up some garbage time uh, production. So would not be surprised to see this game uh, hit the over of 47.5. But that point spread is really hard to pick against because it's such such a big spread. But the Giants, they just, they cannot, they have not been playing well. Um, it really comes down to whether or not Andrew Thomas is going to be back. Um, I think any of the, the recent reports uh, indicate he may be. Let me just double check that right now. No, Andrew Thomas has continued missing practice and he is likely out. So that makes me be willing to take this minus 12 and a half point. Spread here, so I'll take Dolphins. Whoa. Dolphins minus 12.5. And I will take the uh, over on the 47.5 point total. Next game, we got the Panthers at the Lions. Um, this is a very large spread, minus 10 points for the Lions. I haven't been as impressed with the Lions as maybe the public has, I'm guessing. Um, I think the point total is relatively accurate of 44 points. But I could see the Panthers' defense showing up. I think they're a little bit better than what the numbers uh, say right now. And this offense is starting to not necessarily figure it out, I would say, but starting to build some rhythm and momentum here. So I think the Panthers can keep this game close. I don't know about winning this game, but keeping it close. Um, The Lions have been pretty solid against the run. Actually, they've given up the least amount of rushing yards to running backs on the season. So certainly not interested in guys like, Uh, Miles Sanders or even Chuba here for this week. Um, But from a passing game perspective, Detroit, I would say, is roughly roughly middle of the pack. So I think they can give up some production through the air. And I could see the Panthers finding a way to backdoor cover this game. So give me the Panthers plus 10. Uh, and give me uh, a lower point total on this game. I'm not expecting too many fireworks here. Um, I think the Lions offense has been a little rough and inconsistent, although that uh, running game with David Montgomery has been um, pretty solid. Gibbs has been quite disappointing, though. So give me the Panthers plus 10 and the under on the 44-point total. 
All right, we're going to move on to the Ravens and the Steelers. This is a point total of 38 points. And the Ravens are road favorites uh, of minus four and a half points here. I like the Ravens in this game. I think Pittsburgh really has been rough. Obviously, a rough game against Houston last week. Um, I think this is a close enough spread where the Ravens can certainly cover. We've got Justin Tucker, of course, on their side of things. And um, the Ravens have also allowed the third least amount of passing yards on the season. Uh, Steelers' passing offense has not been particularly uh, impressive. I don't think the Ravens' secondary is like a bunch of studs by any means, but I think they play in a lot of game scripts where um, they keep the opposing offense off the field. So, give me the uh, this is. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think that the Ravens' offense. Mark Andrews had a big week last week. I don't think as big of a week this week, but um, could see some could see some Zay Flowers a little bit more Zay Flowers this week. Um, Pittsburgh is one of the worst teams against the pass as well, so um, wouldn't be surprised. I think he would be a good DFS play too. Uh, like the under though on the point total of thirty eight, and but I will take the Ravens minus four and a half. All right, moving on to the Texans and the Falcons. We've got a 41.5 point total with a with the Falcons narrow home favorites at minus 1.5 points. I don't really understand this one. I think that Houston is um, the favorite, in my opinion. Um, after that big win against Pittsburgh, I think their defense um, really impressed given the fact that they had all those injuries last week and still um, won. I think it's also uh, a testament to Pittsburgh's offense not looking great, but the Falcons' offense is not really anything more, if, if, if even as good as the Pittsburgh offense. So um, that Falcons passing game, it's not it. Uh, I was tweeting about this over the weekend last week, but – um, I think the Desmond Ritter experience uh, is officially over in the sense that uh, there's no future with Desmond Ritter uh, as far as being a successful NFL quarterback. I think he could be a great backup somewhere, but I just don't think he is talented enough and has the skill set to be a successful starter. So I'm going to take Houston. I like Houston in this game. Uh, and if I look at like some of the, the, the statistics as well, um, the Falcons surprisingly have not given up a whole lot of passing yards. But, but, um, they're middle of the pack here when it comes to playing against the run. I could see Houston attempting to really establish the run in this game. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. The, the point total is 41.5. I'll take the under on that, and I'm going to take Houston plus 
All right, so moving on to the Titans and the Colts. Uh, we've got a 43.5 point total for this game. The Titans are minus 2.5 point favorites. Uh, Indianapolis, their defense has not been good. Um, they've given up a lot of a lot of yards on the ground here against the running game. Passing yards haven't been much better. They're really just, you know, mid, right? They're just, they're, they're lower tier. They're top, uh, bottom 10 defense uh, across the board here. So really have not impressed on that front. I could see Derrick Henry having a nice game. I could see DeAndre Hopkins doing well. And we got Anthony Richardson coming back. The Titans have the worst... Um, passing uh, defense in the league. 43.5 point total. I feel like this game could definitely go back and forth uh, over the course of the day. Hard one to figure out as far as the spread goes, but uh, you know what? Give me the more, more of the experience. I'll take the Titans minus 2.5, and, and I will take over on this point total. Sorry, I am recording my points here. Just want to make sure I do not miss anything, and I do not have Derek as a bit of a buffer here for me while I do this. So I am trying my best here to keep this updated. Okay, we got the Saints and the Patriots here next. Patriots, uh, man, Mac Jones does not look good. His offense has looked pretty inept. Um, the defense is still pretty strong, but they're just they haven't been put in good spots the entire season. So, um, you know, eventually, just that that defense gets tired, right? I mean, it's it's just common. The best best way to play good defense is to have a good offense and Patriots have not. So it's been a little bit tougher for them across the board. Low point total here, 39 points. I think the saints can get something going here, but it's, I think this is going to be an ugly game. Um, not a huge fan of Alvin Kamara, but I think he's certainly viable, especially with that, uh, check down volume from Derek Carr. I don't think we're seeing, you know, the 13 catches like we saw last week. That was outrageous, but uh, I think he'll he'll have a pretty decent game. Uh, Patriots secondary, I think that they are beatable. So go ahead, give me the Saints. I'll take the Saints plus one, um, but I'm going to take the under on this point total of 39 points. I just think it's going to be a, a relatively sloppy game across the board. I don't think Derek Carr is right, too. I don't think he is... Um, he was ready to come back from that shoulder injury, and it sounds like he's going to power through it here. He's fighting for his uh, his career right now. So uh, give me the Saints plus one, but I'll take the under on the 39-point total. All right, we're going to switch over to the Eagles and the Rams. 
one of the highest point totals of the week, uh, 50 point uh, total with the Rams plus four uh, home underdogs. Um, think the Eagles are certainly the favorite, so I agree um, with them being the favorite. I also think that um, I think that the Rams are kind of p- corrected a little bit here. Uh, so I do agree. I think the Eagles minus four. I think they can really win uh, in a in a landslide here. Um, from a, a rushing perspective, uh, the Rams are just middle of the pack uh, as far as that goes, and um, they're a little bit stronger against the pass. That secondary um, has been surprisingly strong. So. I could see I could see the Eagles establishing the run like DeAndre Swift this week. I think he could have a nice game, although it just feels like one of those weeks where like he might have a productive uh game on the ground, but then like get vultured a touchdown by a guy like Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott or something like that. So I don't know why I have that feeling, but it just feels like that's how it's gonna go. Uh, maybe a touchdown from Dallas Goddard because he's been ticking everyone off recently, and uh, that would just tick people off more because he's just been very up and down. Uh, so I think the Eagles minus four is a fair uh, total. I don't, I don't like this game going. I don't think the Rams' offense is as good as you know they make it. They're kind of making it out here with Puka Nakua. Um, I think Puka Nakua is good, but I just don't think this offense is going to be as functional as people are saying they are. So go ahead, give me the under on the 50-point total and the Eagles minus four. All right, moving on over to the Bengals and the Cardinals here. We've got a 44-point total with the Cardinals plus three home underdogs. Man, it's been quite the rough uh, season so far here for the Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow has not looked himself coming off that injury, even though people feel that he's been improving health-wise. He has not necessarily been improving from a performance perspective. I think the injury is still bothering him. I think even if it's, you know, maybe he is healthy, but it's more of a mental thing, right? I think that's a big part of injuries that people overlook uh, when looking at this from a fantasy perspective or even a betting perspective. Uh, But at the end of the day, these are human beings that are going out on the field. So uh, he's, I think, working through some stuff. And it's not just him either. Uh, I do think that this offensive line is is certainly not helping him out by any means. Arizona, on the other side, has been playing surprisingly strong. Michael Wilson, um, obviously he's gotten a lot of garbage time production, but he has proven that he uh, is a viable option in this league and has a role in this offense. Josh Dobbs is also playing like he is uh, a starter in the NFL. So it's like, who would I... Rather take Josh Dobbs or Desmond Ritter. I'll take Josh Dobbs every single time. So um, I don't think he's been lighting it up by any means, but he has been he has been a little bit of a surprise. When it comes to this game, this is this is a really tough one just because of the trajectory of these two teams so far this season. 
So let's dive into this one a little bit further. I think we've got to spend a little bit more time here on this game just to understand really what's what's happening. Um, the Bengals... Oops. Yeah, the Bengals have been very poor against the run. Not so bad against the pass here. About middle of the pack. Yeah, Bengals... Bengals have been off the field. That's part of this is their time of possession has not been great. So they just haven't even had the opportunity to get that offense in, into rhythm here. Cardinals have been pretty poor against the run too, though. You know what? I think that this is a, a correction week. I think that the Bengals can run the ball here. I think they do center their game plan a little bit more about around the run um, and and push to just have a, a high discipline game uh, keeping their defense off the field so give me a good game from Joe Mixon and I could even see James Connor I could see both running backs being productive in this game especially with the usage out of the backfield for really both of these running backs. Um, particularly James Conner, though. So, um, But I, I do think I'll take the Bengals. I'll take the Bengals minus three in a correction game. And I will. Uh, I do think that both of these teams can put up some points. So give me the over on the 44-point total. All right, moving on to the... Chiefs and the Vikings. It is this is the biggest total of the week. We've got the the total at 52 and a half points. Vikings defense is bad, man. Uh, Vikings are plus three and a half point home underdogs. Feels like definitely a week for the Vikings will show up uh, at home despite a bad defense. I think that the offense can certainly put things in gear here, although Chris Jones will probably give him some problems, uh, especially with pressure on Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to take the Chiefs minus three and a half. I think they get it done. Um, but I do think that there is a lot of points scored in this game. So go ahead, and I'm going to take the over on the biggest hole of the week on 52 and a half points. Um, Justin Jefferson, of course, he's always in play. I think Isaiah Pacheco, he looked really good last week. Um, pretty strong matchup again. Uh, well, not the craziest good matchup on the ground, as, as you would think, against the Vikings. But um, I think that just given how this game is expected to go, um, we're going to see some of that. The Vikings secondary has been worse this year. Uh, from a Chiefs perspective, uh, Chiefs have been pretty strong against the uh, the pass, and uh, and really even I mean against the the run here, they're uh, they're kind of middle middle tier. So, but I, I do think that the Chiefs end up winning this game and they cover the spread here.
Cowboys and the 49ers. Uh, got to keep an eye on Debo Samuel. I think got to keep an eye on Michael Parsons. So he didn't show up on the injury report, but it looked like he would be questionable going into this week from last week's game. So just keep an eye on that. 45-point total, minus 3.5-point favorites for San Francisco at home. Both defenses are pretty darn good. Uh, Both offenses are pretty solid, but I think defense prevails in this game. Uh, I like Dallas just with that extra half a point on the spread here at plus 3.5. I think think it could be a low-scoring game. I think this comes down to a field goal at the end of the game. Um, just a nice back and forth. Both offenses in pretty decent shape. So give me the under on the 45-point total. I just think that line is too high. And I'll take Dallas with that extra half point. So I'll take Dallas plus 3.5. All right. We will now move on to the Jets and the Broncos. We've got the Jets and the Broncos, 43.5 point total. Broncos minus 2.5 point favorites. You know, this game's interesting. This is probably the biggest storyline of the week, obviously with the comments that Sean McVay uh, made about about Hackett uh, before the season started. I think the Jets come out fired up, even though they're on the road. I think they have a obviously a much better defense, and uh, offense is really showing signs of life. I mean, they held their own against Kansas City. Uh, I think it is popular opinion that the Jets will win this game, despite the Vegas line indicating the Broncos minus two and a half. I think that Brees Hall can have a week. It sounds like they want to get him going here in this game. So give me the Jets running the ball uh, effectively against the Broncos, playing good defense. Jets plus two and a half, and uh, I'll take the uh, I'll take the I'm going to take the under on this game because I think the Jets played good defense. Their offense is not going to be anything amazing. So under forty three and a half point total. And then finally, the Monday night game, we're going to look at the Packers and the Raiders, a 45-point total. The Raiders are minus one-point home favorites. I don't really understand this one. I think the Packers hit a little bit of a rut um, last week or two, but I think that overall um, they're in much better shape than the Raiders, and the Raiders could potentially be without Devontae Adams. So I'll take the Packers plus one. Uh, in this game, I think that the Raiders' defense has certainly not looked good, and the Packers can. Uh, it's a get-right game from a passing perspective for Jordan Love. Uh, so give me the Packers plus one, and this uh, man, this this line is is dead on at forty-five points. Um, but I, I do think that the Packers can put up some points here, and the Raiders are playing some catch-up. So give me the over on the 45-point total and the Packers plus one. All right, there's our picks. I do want to highlight our results from last week. 
Um, so last week, a little bit of a not as good as some of the weeks prior here for me. Uh, in week four, I was seven for 15 on the point totals, and I was eight for 15 on the spread. Uh, going exactly 50%, uh, 50% on the uh, on the week, uh, which results in on the season, I am a I'm 34 for 59 on the point totals, and I am 30 for 57 on the spread with a 64 for 116 overall record overall total uh, with a win uh, uh, overall win percentage of 55%. So I'm doing slightly a slightly better against the totals versus the spread. I'm at 58% for the totals and 53% on the spread. So pretty decent shape, certainly a profitable season here so far for me from a uh, over-under and spread perspective. Striving here to get to that overall 60% mark, so hoping that we can get up to at least an extra 3 to 5% on the season. And I'm feeling pretty good about, generally speaking, these picks this week. Uh... So let's go into, I want to dive into some maybe DFS plays, possibly some player props here as well. So one that I was looking at was this Bengals and Cardinals game. Uh, Again, I do like Joe Mixon. Um, but I think that rushing line is just a little high for me to take. Uh, I'm on vivid picks right now. and But one thing I do like is the... I, I normally don't do these, these types of props. Uh, but I like the receiving yards for James Conner. I like more the receiving yards for Michael Wilson, though. Michael Wilson's receiving yards prop is 38 and a half. 38 and a half. So I'm going to take the over on that. And I'm now going to transition over to the Jets and the Broncos. I'm looking for an under on this game. But before I do that, I do like Brees Hall's rushing yards prop of 61 and a half. I don't know if I'm going to actually take that. Um, there's not really an under that is... Available here on Vivid, though. Yeah, they don't have they don't they really don't have much. So that's that's a little disappointing on that front. Looking for some of these defensive props too, because I've been hitting at a very high clip. I'll probably save that for the Fantasy Guru Discord. Let me see if I can get one more of these in here. Um, I do I do think Harrison Butker can hit two field goals, so that's an interesting one. Let me switch over to the Cowboys and the 49ers here because the this one I can see an under happening here. 
Brandon Cooks has really not been very involved. He's got a receptions prop of three and a half and receiving yards prop of 39 and a half. I like going under on the receptions prop just because he's just not the focal point of that offense right now. So give me under three and a half catches for Brandon Cooks. And then for this Packers uh, Vegas game. Yeah, I think this is a get-right game from a passing perspective. I can't trust Christian Watson just because of the sheer fact that he's always hurt. Uh, but Romeo Dobbs is just 49.5 receiving yards, so I'm going to take the over on that one. I'm going to go back because of playing these five-leggers. Man, last week on that sleeper uh, prop, I was 7 for 8 on that sleeper prop. So missed out on a massive payday from a $25 buy-in. So I'm feeling good about some of these props that we've been doing here. Let me let me go back and I'm gonna just revisit this. Um, I'm gonna revisit this uh, this London game with Jacksonville and Buffalo. Uh, so Calvin Ridley, his receptions prop is four and a half. So give me the over on that. I think he can hit five. And on the Bills side, I'm really not that interested in much. Yeah, I'm not really going to touch any of that. Uh, David Montgomery, his rushing yards is way too high. No more receptions props on Adam Thielen. So they finally decided to stop offering that because it was just hitting every single week. I've been playing that DJ Moore receptions prop. Obviously, he played last night, and I would imagine that'll never be three and a half for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't have anything else, and I don't like giving out. I don't like giving out any kind of props that I'm not feeling great about. So I'll stick with four on this one. So, again, I'm looking at Michael Wilson over 38.5 receiving yards. Brandon Cooks under 3.5 receptions. Romeo Dobbs over 49.5 receiving yards. And Calvin Ridley over 4.5 receptions. You know what? That Calvin Ridley over 4.5 receptions prop, that makes me a little nervous. So, I'm just going to keep it at 3, actually, this week. Let's just do these three. Wilson, Cooks, and Dobbs. That'll give us a nice, healthy five and a half half x our money here. And let me submit that right now. Perfect. Just put that one in here. All right, let's go ahead and switch over to a DFS perspective. So. Oh, forgot we got some golf here today. Uh, from a DFS perspective, I'm always looking for value plays. So um, I think one thing that a lot of people have asked me in the Discord, uh, and I think that one area that I can bring value to a lot often is um, sharing my process because 
I've been able to take a process and incorporate it into even other sports that I don't even know as much about as I do with football. So I'm going to share with you how I approach my lineups on a week-to-week basis. Typically, I'm looking for value plays. Uh, So I like to build the core of my team around value plays. I also, from a contest perspective, we've talked about this on a previous episode recently, but from a contest perspective, I am looking for um, typically smaller field tournaments of 1,000 people or less, single entry, so that the playing field is level. I don't, we don't have these sharks outperforming me or anything like that. Everyone's on the same playing field with just submitting one lineup. So that's, that's a big thing for me is single entry, small field, smaller field tournaments. And when we do this, we don't have to be incredibly different, right? I don't have to pick all these ridiculously contrarian plays but we do have to make sure our lineup still has some leverage here. So the way that I approach this is I'll look at my lineup and say, where are the layups, right? Where are these easy, low-cost value plays on the week? And then where can I differentiate myself from a, what expensive players can I pay up for that are going to be lower owned? All right, so that's typically where I'm looking to, I guess, establish my lineup. So I'm going to go on DraftKings, and I'm looking for some some maybe uh, lower dollar amount players. Lower dollar amount players that are probably going to be higher owned but present a great value here for this week. I think if we're doing that, we're probably looking at running backs. And there's really not many running backs that are out. So, like, I mean, I guess this is a value, but like Isaiah Pacheco, um, he's going to be probably a little bit higher owned here, uh, but he's only 5.7K in a game against Minnesota. Uh, so I don't necessarily love that play, but I mean, it's a pretty decent value here. I don't like paying down at quarterback. I tried to get cute last week and do that with some of those quarter, those filling quarterbacks. It didn't work out and it really doesn't ever work out for me. So I'm just going to stop doing it. Um, I'll pay up for a quarterback and, um, so how about this? I'll give out maybe a leverage quarterback play. Um, Anthony Richardson, he's got a really great matchup here against Tennessee. He's only pro- he's going to probably be 10% or less owned from a quarterback perspective. And he's 7K. He's got a, a, a nice added boost with the rushing ability. Uh, so I like him, and I could also... Uh, consider Kirk Cousins at just a hundred bucks less at six point nine k. He's probably even going to be less owned than Richardson in a game with an implied point total of over fifty two and a half points. So um, I kind of like the concept of playing maybe two different lineups this week: one with Richardson and one with Cousins, and putting them both into a couple uh, higher higher yield single entry GPPs. 
And then if I'm doing that, I like the idea of always running at least a combo um, for that Minnesota-Kansas City game and really this Indy-Tennessee game because I like the over in that one too. Uh, Just kind of running a combo and then maybe running it back with a player on the other team. So uh, if I look over at uh, the Colts, uh, Michael Pittman, he'll be pretty low-owned, and he's just 6.4K. Uh, I could see him having uh, a nice blow-up game here uh, against this Tennessee secondary. He's going to be low-owned, too. Uh, If I look at Justin Jefferson, he's going to be higher-owned, but he is so expensive that his ownership will be held in check. Um, So wouldn't mind maybe throwing him in there as well. And then maybe just doing the same thing for both lineups, right? So just really kind of doubling down on my thought process and if I'm right, I'm right, and doing a nice blend with both of these receivers in each of the lineups. Uh, if I want to run it back, maybe I go ahead and run it back. If I look at the tight end side of things, Travis Kelsey's pretty expensive. Uh, his ownership will probably be relatively high, too, because people are going to pay up. Uh, but what about from a... Yeah, there's just no tight ends that I'm interested in really punting on. Normally, I do like to punt on like a 2.5K tight end because it really lets you be different and spends up on an extra guy. But, man, there's just nothing out there that I can really confidently recommend at this point. Really nothing, man. Just looking through here. I mean, maybe Hayden Hurst against Detroit. Kyle Pitts, price point's getting down there, but I can never trust him. Yeah. Tyler Higby, I think, could be interesting against Philly. I think everyone's going to be looking at Puka or maybe even Cooper Cup coming back, but he could be interesting. Darren Waller, just way too expensive for how risky that is. I really don't mind paying up for Travis Kelsey at 7.6K this week. I think it could be a Kelsey week. Um, and then, yeah, I like I like maybe running it back with Pacheco here. And uh, Derrick Henry will be a little bit higher owned after last week's uh, nice game. But I, I'm willing to do Derrick Henry. You know, again, in these single-entry tournaments, we just we really need a guy that's like less than 5% and a guy that's less than 10 And as long as we're not playing any guys that are like 30% owned or something crazy like that, um, I think we're in pretty decent shape. Let's look at defense here, see if there's any kind of value on the defensive side of things. <laughs> Giants, no, I'm not doing that. Giants against Miami. Yeah, we're going to probably have to get a piece of that game. That's going to be really hard to figure out. Um, a Sheen, I don't know. Some people are saying a Sheen. Some people say a Shane. I don't know who to trust. I'm going to go with what the broadcasters are saying. <laughs> Titans defense looks like they're going to be super high owned just from what I'm seeing in my research. 
which makes me even like Anthony Richardson even more. Um, no defenses really stick out to me. I'll probably save this one for the Fantasy Guru Discord. So uh, if anyone's looking for a defense and you're a Fantasy Guru subscriber, just go ahead, give me a shout over there. I'll do some more research and, and share with you who I'm probably playing on that front. So, uh, so that's about it from a DFS perspective here. We did our vivid and that is really all I have here for today. So, you know, thanks everyone for listening in. Appreciate your time and good luck this week going into the NFL. Good luck this week going into the NFL uh, weekend. Uh, nice little game on Thursday. And I think we're going to have a, a lot of fun games, a lot of correction type of games this week. Uh, so we've had a lot of surprises last week, and I think we have a lot of lot more um, expected outcomes uh, going into this weekend. And once again, my name is Mark Hogan, host here over at the All Pro Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find uh, me on Twitter at DFS underscore Marlin and all of my exclusive content over on FantasyGuru.com and in the Discord. Good luck, everyone, going into this weekend. Peace out.